Hello, my name is Giovanni and this is Social Medicine, my weekly therapy session wherein we delve deep into the issues that are on my mind. Welcome to season two. I'm going to be starting the season off with an update on what is going down with the episodes of the season. Um, last season, I produced an episode of Social Medicine within a week uh, and oftentimes was working on it right up until it was published. It was summer, so while I did have work, I only had one class to worry about. Well, seeing as this season will be airing right during my fall semester of my senior year, I decided to write all 10 episodes within the five or so weeks I have left as of writing this on July 13th. Um, that way I can focus on work and school without having to worry, worry about uh, taking time I won't have to produce this show. I think this is a reasonable solution, especially because I don't intend to take the easy route and get lazy on these episodes. Um, I hope to create episodes of Social Medicine Season that surpass the previous 10 episodes in quality, so we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, to the topic at hand, seeing as our lives for the past half year and for the foreseeable future will be dictated by this global pandemic, and seeing as how updates on the situation and the discussions surrounding it continue to develop, I thought I would continue to trend, the trend and spend the first episode of every season talking about the coronavirus, at least until the curve is flattened, which, if I'm being honest, I do not see happening anytime soon in this country. Does that sound good? Good. On the last part, I talked about some of the reactions that resulted from the pandemic from celebrities, young idiots, and the greedy, as well as the incompetence and idiocy of Donald Trump. This time around, I want to give an update of the situation that has been unfolding these past couple of months, as well as give my takes over some topics of discussion that relate to the spread of the disease. As an update, things have only gotten worse. States like Florida have seen a massive resurgence in positive cases, with new daily records of confirmed cases regularly being broken. Just as fast as states were beginning to reopen, despite all the warnings against doing so by disease experts, uh, these spikes started back up. I think in that first episode, I placed a lot of blame on younger Americans like SLUD uh, because of their belief that the coronavirus was not that bad or that it is something that they thought they could deal with, completely disregarding the highly contagious nature of the virus and its eventual spread to those they come in contact with. And I won't back off that at all. No, young people are fucking dumb. But I've come to realize that so all so are old people. You would think that the wiser generations and the people in bigger danger of being erased by this would be more careful, but no. We have old-ass conspiracy theorists and Trump supporters ignoring the warnings and advice of health and science experts in favor of listening to one of the dumbest people to ever exist. We have the choice to just ignore information in favor of doing whatever it is that pleases us. Or we make the choice to just ignore information. Um, we see the numbers and think, Only 20,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Oklahoma and only 400 deaths? In a state with a population of almost 4 million? Pfft, what are the chances I get it? Well, the fact of the matter is that your life is not the only one that matters. All the people getting infected because of idiots like these, yeah, their life absolutely matters, and we should all collectively try everything we can to lower the number of new cases. But there is this intrepid ideation of the self, one that emphatically ignores and endangers the other. Social psychologist Henry Teifel proposed that the groups you belong to, whether it's your religion, your family, or a football team, give you a sense of social identity, a sense of belonging in a social world. Teifel calls this social identity theory, a theory he developed after surviving as a prisoner of war in Nazi-occupied Poland. Teifel immigrated to Britain, where he later ran the classic minimal group experiments. Participants were divided into groups completely randomly and asked to allocate a reward. They immediately showed favoritism towards those in their own group and maximized their own group's outcome. A trivial division between people was enough to trigger discriminatory behaviour. These discriminatory attitudes can serve several purposes. For example, believing you're part of a good group builds self-esteem. It's not a bad thing to be proud of your family or friends. 
But the flip side of this is creation of bad groups and stereotypes about others, negative ideas about an outgroup as a whole. When it comes to social identity theory, these stereotypes may vary in severity and negativity depending on both the in-group and out-group studied. This is not a new concept, obviously. The notion that humans separate those we have relationships with us and those we do not have relationships with them has been talked about by experts in fields of psychology, sociology, and anthropology. But I think that this level and type of division among humans within an in-group is fascinating. And it's something that America has always been always perfectly exemplified, but whose visibility has reached new heights throughout this pandemic. Now, I went through the update segment of this episode very quickly, and that is because there is nothing that I can update you on that you shouldn't already be aware of. Whether you look for news regarding coronavirus doesn't matter at this point in time. It always seems to find you. So for the sake of not rehashing everything you already know, I'll summarize everything that has happened since the last episode aired with one simple sentence. It has gotten worse. Now, instead of talking about how it has gotten worse, I want to instead turn your attention to why things have gotten worse for all of us in America. And as everything wrong in America, its origins can be found in politics. This will be remembered as a particularly political pandemic, largely fueled by both the incompetence and evil of the commander-in-chief. Some people like the Washington Post's Adam Chandler make arguments for the politicization of the pandemic for the sake of bringing attention and reform to social services whose inadequacies are more transparent now than ever. And I think that that is a very fair argument to make. People have and continue to suffer from unemployment and others in the service industry have to make the decision to risk themselves becoming infected with the disease and having to deal with the large cost of any treatment and care or choose the physically safer route and not go to work and miss out on the much needed income to pay for rent, groceries, etc. And on top of that, many parents are being asked to send their kids back to school with varying degrees of precaution taking place depending on the state. And in every step of the way, the people elected to help and protect the American people are doing everything but. The focus of this political pandemic has not been on those social service issues, but instead efforts of politicization have been made by the politicians themselves. Governors, mayors, members of Congress, and the president have all been major participants in a debate of whether or not to reopen amid the pandemic. And the response of politicians of the two major political parties greatly matches the opinions of their constituents regarding the coronavirus. A national poll by civics of over 75,000 registered voters shows that when posed with the question, how concerned are you about a coronavirus outbreak in your local area, and given the options of extremely concerned, moderately concerned, a little concerned, not concerned at all, and unsure, 62% of Democrats and 35% of independents said that they were extremely concerned, with only 10% of Republicans saying the same. On the other hand, 2% of Democrats and 23% of independents answered that they were not concerned at all, with an astonishing 41% of Republicans saying the same. So what does this look like? Well, as we have seen on the last episode, we see young spring breakers ignoring the warnings in favor of having a good time. And we also see people protesting these orders and demanding their lives go back to normal without realizing that in favor or in order for that to occur, it would require them complying with simple mandates like staying far away from others as much as possible and wearing a mask when going out. Well, back in late May, we got to hear the reasoning uh, from people uh, from Alabama for going to a public beach during a pandemic. I mean, if he's not wearing a mask, I'm not going to wear a mask. If he's not worried, I'm not worried. The president. Yes, sir. I mean, everybody's got to go somehow. You know what I mean? You mean die? Yeah, but in a way, like, I mean, I don't want to die, but... I mean, if that's what God has in store for my life, then that's okay. Do you have any concerns about being at the beach with so many people with no, your children? 
not at all. How come you're not worried at all that someone could be sick and walk by and get you sick? Because it's there's enough wind and air that's going to clear it all out of here. Yeah, but the wind and the air don't clear it away. Well, there's no proof of anything like that. There's wind and air everywhere in this world. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not worried about it at all. My family has the same mindset as me, and um, uh, we kind of just agreed that uh, if we get it, we get it. Um, we're going to handle it as a family and just get over it because that's what a family does. When it's my time to go, it's just my time to go. I did. Well, it's not just like the flu, it's well, I mean, far more contagious. Well, I know, but people die from the flu also. They do die from so, the flu. So, to me, that's that's just the way I look at it. I'm just here just to have fun and meet everybody and just be cool, you know. Do you ever wear a mask? No. My wife and kids do. I don't. How come you don't? I just feel comfortable that I'm going to be okay. But the mask isn't to keep you okay, it's to keep your wife and kids okay. To protect them. I get it. I get it. Uh, Survival rate is so high, I think. You're not worried about them getting sick because I they're going to live. I, I, we're all going to get sick for something eventually. Now, yes, it goes without saying that people are completely apathetic to the plight of many and mostly ignorant, but that one lady brought up an interesting point when talking about the wind. You see, the beach situation is an interesting one as it is a place where the coronavirus has a comparatively shorter lifespan on surfaces thanks to the UV light provided by the sun, which is also used in hospitals to help disinfect equipment. But at the same time, it is a place ripe for transmission of the disease, especially when flooded with potentially asymptomatic carriers. Uh, but back to the wind, what she said wasn't completely wrong, but it definitely wasn't right either. You see, wind doesn't just make the virus expelled from speech through droplets completely disappear. If anything, it can either help the virus float around in an area if there is little to no wind present, or help fly it towards others on a particularly windy day. Every time we breathe, but especially when we talk, and especially when we cough or sneeze, we let out little droplets of water. Some of them are pretty big and heavy and fall to the ground quickly like little bits of spit. Others are really small and much lighter, so they float farther through the air. And these droplets are what's carrying the virus. If a droplet floats and then evaporates, that leaves the virus out in the air for some period of time. And we don't yet know the amount of virus you have to be exposed to to get sick. But we do know that you lower your risk by exposing yourself to less of the virus. And Seagal says there's three ways to do that. The first is distance. So are you six feet away from the person? Duration, are you encountering this person for one second as they whiz past you? Or are you around them for an hour? And ventilation, is there a good airflow moving around you that can disperse any viral particles? Or are you in an enclosed indoor space where they're just gonna stick around? The difference between how air moves inside versus outside is huge. To show that, I used this spray, which glows under a black light. I sprayed my test subject with it, both inside and outside, from three feet away. Even though it wasn't windy, far fewer spray particles reached his shirt outside. The airflow was so much better at dispersing them. And being outside also has an effect on the virus itself. A virus has this protective coat of moisture around it. There's a lot of things acting on it. So there's sunlight hitting it, there's wind, there's rain, there's humidity, and all of that can work to kind of break apart this protective coat of moisture and decay the virus. So yeah, 
the wind can help disperse the virus, but a lot of that, what the wind does is mitigated whenever you come in close contact with a lot of people, uh, with a crowd of people that are on the beach, for example, and aren't wearing any sort of mask or any or keeping a safe distance. But this pandemic has raised the question of whether or not we are compassionate enough in America, and the answer is a resounding no. It is a land of people reluctant to face challenges to their way of thinking and who will remain resolute in never changing their mind, no matter how much new information completely reduces their position to nothing but bullshit. We take zero ownership over our actions in America and put way too much trust in the systems meant to subjugate us. We're too quick to then blame these systems for controlling our way of thinking and having us invested in a web of lies and conspiracies. And although I do agree that those in power have a firm grasp on the minds of easily convinced and special blame should be placed on these vile people the fact remains that we are adults capable of seeking new knowledge and challenging ourselves to learn in other in order to become better people i've learned to carry a certain mindset with me we're making choices every waking moment of our lives even the stuff we one doesn't quite consider a choice is a choice no we don't get to choose the family and environment we will be born into but we can choose to do something about our present situation whether to get out of it or to learn how to cope with it we make hundreds if not thousands of choices every day both large and small and we have to learn that every single one of our choices comes with a consequence almost all of which can be expected this has been one of the things this pandemic has taught us with some learning this the hard way Richard Donald Rose III is one such person. As some of you may have seen, as it kind of went viral early July, Richard Rose was a person who had been vocal against wearing a mask, despite all that they do to help combat the spread of coronavirus. On April 28th, he posted a status to his Facebook that read, quote, Let's make this clear. I'm not buying a fucking mask. I've made it this far by not buying into the damn hype, end quote. On May 18th, he would share an image warning against mask mandates that would lead to mandatory Muslim dress codes such as wearing burqas. He would later post about visiting a resort early June where he shared a picture of a crowded pool area. Then on July 1st, he shared an update which read, quote, I've been very sick the past few days. Symptoms of COVID-19. This morning I finally got swabbed. I should get or I should know soon what the results are. I just want to feel good again. Later that day, he would post this. Well, I'm officially under quarantine for the next 14 days. I just tested positive for COVID-19. Sucks because I had just started a new job. Then another post the next day. This COVID shit sucks. I'm so out of breath just sitting here. An obituary was then posted announcing his death on July 4th due to COVID complications. If anyone is curious, his Facebook page is open to the public. Looking through it reveals that he loves streaming, playing video games, sports, and most of all, sharing shitty memes. This is the point where you'd probably expect me to shit on this person for his utter lack of awareness and compassion, but there's no need for that. He's dead, and now his family suffers for it. Mr. Rose was one of the people that embodied the American values of individualism, pride, and ignorance very well, and who paid the ultimate price for it. There's no point in wasting our time and energy shitting on these people. They don't matter anymore. They're dead. What scares is what scares me is the number of people Richard and people like him infect because of their refusal to wear a mask or practice safe social distancing. There's more to our actions and personal consequences. The things we do affect those around us, in this case, literally. The reason why we are so adamant that people wear their masks and stay safe is to lower the number of positive cases and in turn the number of people suffering and dying. So it would be hypocritical then to turn around and celebrate someone's death when that happens regardless of that person being a heartless idiot. The hope is that people find ways to cure their ignorance, for everyone's sake. But I understand, just as these anti-mask people do, that any solution to flattening the curve is going to hurt America, be it 
economically or culturally. And maybe the points that points to a bigger problem, one that I've mentioned time and time again. Maybe some American values aren't worth upholding anymore. Maybe the values of money over people is inherently evil and the catalyst to a lot of mental health problems, for example. No, that can't be it, can it? It has to deal with individual Americans' interpretation of what American values most. Because we each have our own visions of America, of what it is and what it should be. Some of us think that America should welcome, accept, and celebrate people of all walks of life, while others believe that America should be a homogenous country, one that ironically resembles the vision Hitler had for Germany. But it's true that we all interpret things differently. That much is obvious. I mean, although every single one of us has their own list of values that they prescribe to America, there is one value that is inherent to the formation and development of this country. Freedom. Freedom from tyranny, freedom from oppressors, freedom from one another. America is the land of infighting and the home of the hostile. We are the us versus them mentality incarnate. Our political sphere is dominated by this institutionalized mentality. Liberals are fighting to bring more progressive change, while conservatives are fighting to let tradition reign. And traditionally, we do not wear face masks. So when a notion is brought up to have people wear masks in public, some of us think or take it as a personal attack against their freedom to wear and express themselves any way they want. From what I understand, conservatism is selective. By that, I mean that the issues that conservatives choose to tackle are oftentimes hypocritical in nature and are purposely tackled when it's the conservative base that is largely being affected. Let me give you some examples. Conservatives generally argue for individual freedoms by attacking the federal government and calling for a more laissez-faire attitude from the government. To be more blunt, conservatives hate when the federal government overreach. They hate that they can't be allowed to do shit that they wish to get away with. And for a more relevant example, they hate when they're told to wear a a face mask in public during a global pandemic. But when it comes to an issue like abortion, they are all for government intervening in a woman's right to get one. Why? Because for some reason, all the lying, stealing, cheating, cursing, killing, raping, and hating they do is all good in the eyes of their lord and savior. But a fucking embryo being extracted from a woman's body is disgusting and must be prevented by the law. And then when enforcers of the law show a pattern of abuse and corruption, conservatives are the first to go out and defend them. They flaunt their Second Amendment and defend it at all costs, but whenever the Second Amendment, whenever they're called upon to practice the Second Amendment in the way that the founders envisioned, they are on the side of the oppressors. When immigrants from Mexico and Latin America try to find success in America, conservatives are quick to want legislation in place to kick them out and prevent more from coming claiming that one must, quote, follow the law and come here legally. When the fact of the matter remains that these people give zero shits about national security, if they did, they'd give a shit about all the domestic terrorists shooting up schools or militarized police or mercenary forces beating and killing protesters for exercising their First Amendment rights to peaceably assemble. And if they only wanted to make sure that those crossing the border aren't criminals, they wouldn't attack the DACA recipients who were brought here as children, nor would they support the concentration camps in place on the border that prevent those who are seeking asylum following the legal process from going through said legal process. There's a lot more I could talk about. I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy of some conservative values and beliefs and the ridiculousness behind the notion that America values individuality when we are always looked at through social labels and self-associated with certain in-groups based on race, religion, sexuality, gender, political association, etc., etc. There is no individuality in being American, and deciding not to wear a face mask is a decision born of selfishness, apathy, and a heightened sense of self-importance. Not patriotism, not individualism. Wearing a mask is supposed to protect others from contracting the coronavirus, which you may have well contracted yourself, but are ignorant about due to not feeling any symptoms yet. It's a safety precaution, plain and simple. 
and if it's one you refuse to partake in, then you deserve to be socially shunned and shamed for your lack of understanding and humanity. People work jobs that require them to wear these things and sometimes more for hours on end. Sure, if they don't like it, they can choose to look for employment elsewhere, but they choose to go through that because they understand what it means to do so. It means protecting others. It means looking out for your fellow human in a time where this is what's most needed. If you can't be bothered to put a piece of cloth on your face for 30 minutes as you get your groceries and when the people working there have to wear theirs for many more hours and your sense of individualism is skewed and your lack of empathy is disturbing, you are what's wrong with humanity, not just America. You're a disgrace to common decency. You should be ashamed of yourself and everything you stand for. Being a responsible American to me is knowing how to appropriately exercise your rights and practice your values without them impeding the livelihood of others. That's what individual should be about in my opinion about minding our own business and helping out when help is needed our leadership has mostly abandoned us and it is up to us individuals to work hard to put an end to those to these bad times so help out in every way you can it's the right thing to do thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show and appreciate the time and effort i put into researching writing recording and editing it please consider supporting me on patreon at patreon.com social medicine there's only one tier of a dollar a month and that's for anyone who enjoys the show and wants to help build it and please let me know what you thought of this episode and any episode that follows i am working to incorporate all the feedback i received from the last season so i hope that these uh, this season runs smoother than the last Thanks again for listening. Stay safe and stay sane. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Goodbye.